This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, November 13, 2019, and I do appreciate you being with me. And of course, things are getting interesting in Washington. It's always I don't I don't know how many people are all that focused on impeachment proceedings. I think it's much to do about nothing, but you know that's Washington. That's politics for you. I'm more interested in what's how that or anything else affects the market. And really, the only thing that really is affecting the market these days is the trade, trade, China trade, China trade talks. You know, um, it was interesting to hear uh, Federal Chair, Federal Reserve Chairman um, uh, Powell today, uh, and he pretty much said that he's going to they're not going to raise the rates. Uh, I don't know. I think they might have one more rate increase in them. If they do, it's going to be it'd probably be early next year. And after that, I think they're done because they don't want to affect the, the election for the presidency later on next year. So that long beforehand, they want to stop. And that's true for every every Fed that's ever been around. So nothing new there. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I certainly hope you'll give me a call with all your investing questions. And when you do, of course, you're going to push the show Tug it, pull it, push it, whatever you want to call it, then the direction you want to go. And you can make it anything you want as long as it's financial. And so that's where we're going to go. And, of course, the goal is for everybody to reach that financial freedom plateau. And to me, you know what that really means to me is that I have enough money to maintain my current lifestyle and to be able to spend money kind of wherever I want to within my lifestyle. Now, I'm not, I don't have a very expensive lifestyle. I don't. I do have expenses. I live in Southern California, but I don't, you know, I don't need new cars. I don't need, you know, fancy watches or whatever else people spend money on. That's not me. But if it is you, that's okay. As long as you reach your financial freedom goal that will produce that lifestyle. That's really what we're all about. What lifestyle do you need and want, and how much money do you need? Therefore, how much money do you have to have? How much assets, that pile over there, that can produce the income to support that lifestyle without relying on anybody else and without actively working anymore? Because at some point, you're not going to be able to do that. Financial freedom. And that's what we're going to do this hour, is to answer questions to help you get there. That's it. Pretty simple. And of course, now we know the holiday season is upon us or fast approaching. I mean, geez, I, I saw uh, in Costco a few weeks ago they were already had Christmas presents and decorations. So I guess we're all we're in into into it now, even though it's long before Thanksgiving still. But you know, I I will be returning to San Jose. I want to let everybody know I'm going to be going to San Jose one more time at the beginning of next month because I didn't want to spent three months away from San Jose, and that's what it would have been if I didn't show up in December or January. So Thursday, December 5th, everybody, Thursday, December 5th, if you want to meet with me, talk about your portfolio, let me take a look at it, or if you want me to help you manage your portfolio, now's the time to make an appointment. No cost portfolio view, and we'll talk about anything you want to do financially. And of course, you know, this is one way I get clients. I don't, I'm not hesitant about telling you that, 
but I don't have to get them there, but that is one of the goals of meeting with me. And I'll sit down with you, talk about your asset allocation, talk about your future and where you are. Maybe you're approaching retirement and want to know what you need to do. That's my favorite kind of conversation because it's all about financial freedom. So remember, and appointments are limited, so you need to contact me through investtalk.com or call KPP Financial Services Office in Irvine. You can call me direct. My direct number, by the way, would you like to know what it is? 800-557-5461. That's my direct number. 800-557-5461. My main talking point today concerns this report, a UBS survey revealed that more than half of the world's richest investors see a big market decline in 2020. Is that right? Mm-hmm. How hard is this to say that, by the way? So it's it's a really question of, are you gonna, do you believe these people? These are the people that have a million or more in investable assets. They believe there's going to be a big decline. How accurate do you think they are? Is it true? We're going to talk about the arguments, pro and con. And, of course, i got other things I want to talk about. Do you know what a Schiller-PE ratio is, how it's derived, and what it's meaning? We talk about PE ratios of stocks, but do you know what a Schiller-PE ratio is? Some of you do, I know. And I'm going to go over it and quickly how it's calculated and tell you where it's sitting right now. I'll give you some background. Okay? And that's one of the things I want to talk about today. Also... You may not want to be too bullish right now. Even though we have a breakout in the stock market, it's time to be bullish. But maybe I have some reasons that maybe it's okay. I think you should. I am kind of on the bullish side, pushing into the market at various points. But I still think you need to hold some ammunition aside, and I'll tell you why. And, of course, the inflation CPI number came out today. I want to discuss that. That won't take long. Uh, and we'll go over that. I think you'll find that interesting. And whatever else you want to talk about, you drive the show with your phone calls. So get your calls ready. What did the market do today? Well, I, I, you would call it mixed. The Dow was up 92, so everybody thought, oh, it had an up day. Try to remember the Dow is only 30 stocks. 30. What did the NASDAQ do? It was down four. What did the S&P do? The S&P 500. That's 500 of the largest companies. It was up two. So, was it a great day? No. you got to be careful when you read these indexes. Just because the Dow is the oldest index, that's why everybody quotes it. But the Dow only represents on a market cap basis. Now, remember, they're the 30 really big companies. Not the biggest, but really big ones. They only represent about 20% of the overall market on market capitalization basis. The S&P 500 represents 80%. I think that's a much more accurate index to track. Okay? Let's go to Marco in Texas. How you doing, Marco? Good. How are you, Steve? It's Michael, not Marco. I, I'm sorry. They have it down, Marco, but I, I'm, I apologize. Michael, how's it going? Great. Right, and that's no problem at all. I was uh, curious about Console Coal Resources, ticker CCR, and what your opinion was on that company. Okay, Console Coal Resources produces high BTU thermal coal primarily in the northern Appalachian Basin and eastern United States. And, of course, you know, uh, when President Obama was in office, he had a, pretty much a war on coal. 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's dirty and people don't like it. High BTU means it's used for generation of electricity. And it, uh, no matter how much everybody hates it, a lot of electricity is generated by coal still. We have, you know, and I think, I don't know if that's going to go away anytime soon. Um, the company itself makes money, has always made money for years and years and years. It's going to make $1.71 a share this year and $1.74 a share next year. And it's a $10 stock. So that tells you the PE is right around what six, and if average five year average is three to twenty five, so it's all in the lower end. Good return on equity of thirty percent, very good cash flow at three dollars and eighty seven cents, and the yield, the dividend yield is twenty percent. Well, can it afford twenty percent? Well, what's twenty percent of ten dollars fifty cents? Okay, let's just call it two dollars. Well, they can't afford it on an earnings basis. They're only going to make a dollar seventy four. They can afford it on a cash flow basis. They make $3.87. So I have a feeling the dividend is going to stay high, Michael. So um, the growth rate, there's not much growth. Every quarter it shrinks or grows in the single digit, you know, up 9%, down 3%, up, you know, back and forth. So you, you buy this probably for the dividend. And this is probably, if you're going to buy it for the dividend, this would probably be a good price to buy it, $10 a share. But I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's pretty, pretty low price. There's not too much debt. Um, so it's a question of, you know, how far in the future will they still be a viable business because there's a war on coal, right? That's really the issue. I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. I really don't. Michael, appreciate the call. Thank you for listening out there in Texas. A CCR was the symbol, everybody. You're listening to Invest Talk. My name is Steve Peasley. And of course, I and Justin present this program with five new shows every week through KPP Financial, our firm. And that's Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific time. We broadcast live and we stream it live. 4 p.m. stream it live on our website. So I hope you tell your friends and family and everybody else that you can think of to listen to us. I would appreciate that. And whenever you have investment questions, I really do encourage you to contact me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial in our Irvine, California offices, and we'll answer all your questions. And now I'm taking your question live at 888-99-CHARGE. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so let's see, what should we talk about? How about uh, some uh, benchmarks? I always like to give those out. Oil, $56 a barrel. Kind of hanging in there, same price. Gasoline, $2.60 nationwide. Of course, not in California where it's over $4. Two-year treasury and 10-year treasury. The yield curve is still healthy. It's maintaining. That's good. Remember, it got inverted a month, two months ago. And ever since then, it's starting to improve. So that's that's good. That You know, I, you need if the yield curve inverts, that's usually a sign of a recession ahead. And it only reverted for a very short period of time, the 10-year and the two-year. Inversion means when the two-year yield on the bonds of U.S. government bonds pays more than the 10-year. That's inversion. That's a bad thing for the stock market, for the economy. 
Okay, economy and stock market, one or other or both, always both. Okay, so the yield curve is normal. Okay, and a lot of people, some experts are predicting the Dow's going to hit thirty thousand. Well, of course the Dow's going to hit thirty thousand. It's when. When is it going to be? In a couple of years? Is it going to be twenty years from now? I don't know. It'll hit it. But we, you know, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath, and neither should you. And of course, uh, after the federal chairman Powell um, uh, testified today, uh, he said the economy was strong, and that there was uh, that he that is why he's not in favor of another interest rate hike. And I think I've told you before, whenever the Federal Reserve has changed direction in their rate policy, whenever they change direction, which they did this year, they were increasing it before this year. Remember, the last increase was December last year. Then they switched, and they've lowered it three times in a row. Whenever they switched or changed direction, the Federal Reserve has never done less than four moves in that direction. Never. This is three moves so far. So that's why I suggested at the top of the show that I think the Fed's probably got one more in them. And if they're going to do it, it'll probably do it at the beginning of next year sometime, within the first three months or so. Then if they don't, I don't think they will do it by ne- next year because of the elections. Unless something dramatic happens. And something dramatic has to happen for that. For that. And that means, you know, the trade talks with China falls apart, the economy starts to sink, and, you know, the stock market crashes. You know, something dramatic has to happen for them to lower rates in the, in, you know, later than just the first part of next year. Because they do not want to be seen as influencing the election. And can't you just see them being accused of that if they raise rates or lower rates just before the votes are going to be cast? That's why they don't want to be seen doing that. On the next Invest Talk, Google is getting into banking and the company will offer checking accounts next year. That story is going to be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Santog in Boston. How you doing, Santog? Hi, Steve. Uh, Love your show. Um, had a quick question about Activision Blizzard, ATVI. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. As a medium medium term hold. Okay. Uh, Activision Blizzard, ATVI, publishes interactive entertainment software, peripheral products for consoles and handheld devices. It's a $40 billion company. It's not small. Pays a small dividend, though, 7 tenths of 1%. It makes money. It grows its money pretty consistently. This year, it's going to go down to $2.21 a share from $2.72 last year. And then back up to two fifty next year. It's a $52 stock, so that tells you it's a pretty expensive, right? We're talking about a 20 PE. Uh, the five-year range is 13 to 38, so it's like kind of in the middle. 
middle of that. Return equity is very good at 20%. Sales in the most recent quarter were down 15%, which was a little bit disappointing. And that's probably why you saw it fall the last four or five days when the market's been going up the last four or five days. I would think that it hasn't, it probably, it could find support right here at $52 because it has some support in that area. But it would be much, much, has much stronger support in the mid 40s. So I think it might, it might still fall. I think you got, if you're, do you, do you want to buy it? Is that what you want to do, uh, Santag? Yes, buy it. Okay, I just wait. It was up today. I would wait for a few days to see if it can hold this area. If it can hold this area for a few days, maybe a week, it might be a good get uh, entry point. But I do think the mid-40s is a lot better, and right now it's at 52. Appreciate the call. Thank but you. From a technical That's point a, of view, it's a, it's a good company, right? Oh, it's a solid company, yeah. But sales are falling in the last three quarters. It probably will turn that around because they're so big. They they dominate. They dominate. So, and they don't have a lot of debt. They're fundamentally strong company. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Jose in San Francisco. How you doing, Jose? Pretty good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I have a I have a question about Nokia. Um, that stock's been tumbling. And um, I'd like to know if it's worth investing, and if so, at what price? It seems to be going down almost every day. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's Nokia, everybody. And okay, Finnish developer of telecom infrastructure, mobile band, uh, broadband technologies, and digital map networks. Uh, it has been falling because there's no growth. It's all sales have been slowly falling in the single digits for almost two years now. So now the stock's at $3.47 a share. Still makes money. It's going to make $0.22 cents this year per share, $0.27 cents next year. And it's been making in the you know mid-20s to the mid-30s the last couple, about, no, probably going back to 2012. It's not, there's nothing that they're doing that's making any investors happy. You know, they don't have any new products. They don't have any. Now, I do believe it's oversold right now, and it's probably going to bounce up a little bit. But for a, I don't see this being a long-term play at all. Maybe you'll get a bounce, and that might you might want to play the bounce. But I again, I would wait right. for it to bounce a few days before I'd enter it. I don't want to try to catch. Remember that old saying, don't try to catch a falling knife because you'll yeah. get cut bad. Yeah, so wait, it looks like it's trying to find support in this area, but let it have a if, let it get let it move up a little bit before you jump in, and it's only a technical bounce is the only thing that you would. I think it could go back up to four dollars to four fifty, but man, I don't I don't know if I expect it to go back up to five anytime soon. Don't. Okay. Appreciate the call, Jose. Thank okay. you. Appreciate the call, Jose. Thank, Thank you. you. That was Nokia, everybody. N O K. It was a symbol. And okay. What is the Schiller PE, everybody? Schiller PE. Okay. Everybody knows the PE, price earnings ratio. That's the ratio between the earnings of the company to the price of the stock. And it's P slash E. So earnings divided into this price. Earnings is usually is expressed in this case all the time by earnings per share. How much earnings per share? So if I take Nokia and the 27 cents and put it into $3.47 stock, what is my P.E. ratio? That's the P.E. Now, 
So a PE of individual stocks, of course, would be volatile, right? Because earnings go up and down, stock price goes up and down. So how can we smooth that out? And this is what Schiller did for the entire market. How can we smooth that PE ratio out for the entire market? And he came up with a Schiller PE. Okay, so this is how they calculate it. Use, they use the earnings per annual earnings per share of the S&P 500 for the last 10 years. So they average the last 10 years, the earnings per share of all the S&P 500 companies and find out what that average is. Okay, and then they put, they divide that, then they adjust it by inflation. Got to make sure to do that. And you know what? I'm not going to get to this before the break. So let me, I, I got to get to the break. I promise to pick this up after the break. I really, 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 really will. Okay, but I have a trivia questions. Trivia questions. Can investors time the market with the presidential electoral, electric, uh, election cycle? Because we're right in the middle of a political season, right? Political re-election. So can, is there a pattern for presidential elections for the stock market? So can you, can you time the market? That's the trivia question I'll pick up after the break. Time to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm, that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Steve Peasley is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And let's see, we have a caller. Did you say we had a caller? Guys? Oh, uh, the, yeah. Before we left during the break, I, I just want to do, uh, you know, go over the Schiller PE because I only got just started. Remember, first it takes, uh, what is the Schiller PE? Uh, it takes 10 years of annual S&P earnings, the last 10 years, and averages them out and divides them into the S&P price. Okay, and what does this do? This gives you a... A P.E. ratio, and they call it the Schiller P.E. ratio. So it's smoothing out the earnings for the last 10 years. to try to get a better gauge on if the price of the market is overvalued or undervalued. So is it overvalued or is it undervalued? Okay, well, let me tell you where it is. Okay, the Schiller P.E. is 78.8% higher than historical mean of 17 so it's 79% higher than its normal price of 17. 
PE ratio. That tells you that it's pretty darn expensive. What's a regular PE? What's the ratio? You, historically, it's 15, 16. With inflation is low, it is 16, 17. What is it today? Well, it depends if you, if you count the future earnings per share, it's about 18. So it's pretty high too. It's higher than average. Don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean it won't get higher. It could go higher. But now you know what the Schiller PE is. It's pretty high. 79% over norm. Hmm. Very interesting. Don't you think? I think so. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So the problem with timing strategies is that they are never reliable, right? Never. Okay, so here is the answer to the trivia the, to the, the trivia question I have. Remember I said, can investors time the market using the presidential election cycle? Can you time it? And you know my answer is about timing. You know my answer about timing anything in the stock market, and the answer is no, you cannot time it. Okay? So the problem with timing strategies is that you can't rely on them. There, there do, there's a tendency, of course, of a market moving up and down based on various factors. There's an annual cycle that's been historically right. But think about it this way. Remember, the, the annual cycle is the last three months of the year and the first three months of the year are the best time of the year. So the last three months of last year, we lost 10% in one month in December last year. So you cannot rely on it. In the seven of eight elections preceding by three months of the stock market losses, incumbents were sent packing. Exceptions to this correction, this correlation occurred in 1956, 1968, 1980. More recently, the Dow soared 257 points after Trump's 2016 victory. The Dow closed 2016 at 4,300 points above its January low. Uh, 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 so, can you rely on that? No, you can't. So don't try to time the market. It's just too difficult. It's not reliable. If it was reliable, soon as soon as everybody knows something, it doesn't work anymore. That's why it can't be reliable. It's just not. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's make take some more calls. Here's a call about ETFs. This came in earlier on eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Daniel from New York. Trying to get into investing in ETFs uh, using my Roth IRA. Uh, I just wanted to know what kind of indicators should I be looking at for ETFs. I don't know much about ETFs. I just know that they're basically consisting of multiple stocks. Uh, I'm a pretty young guy. I'm like 26 years old. So I just wanted to know, you know, my risk tolerance is obviously, you know, I, I can take some risk. So I want to know what kind of indicators I should be looking at for ETFs. Looking forward to your answer on the podcast. Thanks a lot. So you got to be very careful asking that kind of question because there's a, there's many, 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 many ETFs, and they don't always follow the stock market. They follow bonds. They can follow currencies. They can follow uh, commodities, big companies, small companies, very thin slices of the market. So you can't say what ETFs should I have. You know that that's not a right question. 
Okay, uh, if you're going to just starting off, I would suggest using the large uh, the large um, index ETFs, which is SPY for the S&P 500, QQQ for the NASDAQ 100, and DIA for the Dow. But there's Russell 2000. There's all kinds of indexes they track. But they also track sectors, and they also track inverse uh, inverse uh, ETS to the market. They go down when the market goes up, vice versa. So you just can't say, what ETS should I get into? That doesn't, you know, that's not a, a proper question to ask. So, but if you're just starting out, start with the large index ETFs. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You can give me a call. We'll talk about anything financial. Uh, we're going to have we don't this is this has been a pretty light week for economic numbers, mainly because Monday was a semi holiday where Washington was uh, uh, off, but most of us regular workers weren't. We got to pay for all those off days that the Washington people take off with our taxes, so we got to keep working. So, um, but it, do have you had some inflation news, and you're going to have on Friday. I think it's Friday. Retail sales. I always like retail sales because it tells you what the consumer is actually doing or what they actually did last month. Did they spend more money, less money, or they save more money, less money? And since we are our economy is driven by the consumer, seventy percent of our economy, I always like to keep an eye on that. Okay, but we did already have inflation numbers. The CPI, Consumer Price Index. You had the PPI and the CPI. PPI is the Producer Price Index. That gauges inflation at the producer level, at the level that uh, companies make things. Are they having input costs going up? The PPI, Consumer Price Index, is what you and I pay for. And believe me, these indexes are flawed but we still have to use them because they're flawed by the way they're calculated. Different things are weighted and different. some things are ignored, you know, so it's just flawed. But the CPI top number was up four-tenths of 1%, which is a little bit more than expected. They expected three-tenths of 1%. And you would think that, oh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a bump up in the number. And it is, except when you took out for the last month, and this, of course, is for last month, if you took out, uh, if you took out food and, and gasoline, which of course we can't take out, the the CPI was half that number. If you look at core CPI, it was also half, two tenths of one percent. So, the, for the last twelve months, did inflation go up or down, sideways? Well, a year ago at this time, inflation was running at three percent. Now, twelve months later, it's one point eight percent. So, inflation is well contained. The Federal Reserve doesn't have to worry about fighting inflation because it's well-contained. It has been well-contained for a number of years. So, there are people out there that think inflation is coming and and might be coming in the form of higher wages. It looks like that's where it's going to come from initially. I think that's, that's true. But we will see. We will see. Right now, we don't have an inflation problem. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. And you want, if you want to grow your wealth, we all do. Well, you have to grow it with your eyes open. You have to understand what drives you when you're investing. And it's always fear and greed. 
So that fear comes in when you have a perception of taking too much risk. You're afraid. Now, you can be afraid of, like right now, you've got a lot of people afraid they're going to miss out on the run. They're afraid they're going to miss the run so they're because they have cash on the sideline. These have the same fear if you own stocks, you have fear that you're going to lose your money if you don't take profits. Anyways, you have to understand what your fear level is. And it's very difficult to know. Well, we have a tool that's called a Riskalyze that can help you with that. You just go to our website, vesttalk.com. Take the Riskalyze little short questionnaire. It gives it scores your it scores your personal risk tolerance between 100, 0 and 100. And just so you know, 80 is the same risk of the S&P 500. So if your score isn't around 80, then you should be comfortable with the risk of the market. If your score is around 60, you shouldn't be fully in the market. If your score is below 50, you should not even be half in the market. That's how that works. But if you take that questionnaire on our website, well, what happens is it sends me a little report. I send you an email back and we start a process of if you want me to take a look at your portfolio, I'll, I'll score that as well. Anyways, love to do that for you. Go to investtalk.com. Time to call. Our number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk made possible by KPP Financial. As an investor, you've seen the volatility of the market. To prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing an effective master design, a deliberate plan formulated with the right mix of strategic investing programs. KPP Financial offers such a diverse set of programs, and you can contact Steve or Justin at their offices in Irvine, California, to start a conversation. You can also quickly see what you may be missing anytime when you visit investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Mike from California. I just wanted to make a quick comment for you guys on the show. And I was wondering if you guys are both generally bearish or bullish in the market. You know, I've been listening to the show for about two years and I hear you say things that are bullish and we know the market is bullish over the long run, but nearly every stock idea, index idea that I hear, you seem, you and Justin both seem to be bearish. Is this more of a product of the times or is this just the way you look at stocks? Just generally wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, that's a pretty good observation, actually, I think. Um, I am generally bullish on the market in in principle, and I think Justin is too. He might be a little bit more bearish currently than I am. Uh, But the reason we don't care if the market's bullish or bearish when we analyze a stock is based on historical norms and what we think it should be. And the problem is, and I've had this happen every so often over the years, the problem is there's a lot of stocks that are overvalued. So you hear us at nauseum saying, well, this stock looks overpriced. This stock looks overpriced. And you think, well, gee, and we've been saying that for a while, and you're saying, gee, these guys are must be bearish all the time. No, 
No, we're not necessarily bearish all the time. We're not. Because there's periods, if you would have called it in 1998, 1999, we couldn't find hardly any stock that we would buy because it was so overpriced. Okay, you call in 2009 after the market collapsed, tons of stocks were under undervalued, time to buy. So this is, we're looking, and as I just pointed out, the Schiller PE, the normal PE, all of them are elevated. Okay, are they extremely elevated? No, but they're elevated. That means the markets, the stocks, the companies that they are in the S&P 500, the bulk of them are elevated. Yes, there are bargains. You hear me every so often. Say, well, that one looks like a good price. But generally speaking, the market is overvalued. Has nothing to do with us being bullish or bearish. It has everything to do with evaluating this company, the company you're asking about. But that's a very good observation that, you know, you know, are we bullish or bearish in the market since everything we, many of the stocks that we analyze seem to be overpriced. So when we start saying every stock we analyze it seems to be underpriced, that's when we'll be bearish. I mean bullish on everything. And what happens when they're underpriced? That's usually in you know when the market pulls back, then you'll see a lot better pricing. Interesting though. Good call. I, I like that question a lot. Okay, eight 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 ninety nine chart is our number. Let's go to another caller that came in earlier. Uh, hello, my name's John. I'm calling from Greenville, South Carolina. I wanted to get you guys thought on GE. I uh, recently purchased it a couple months ago. It was in the low eights. And now I see, you know, it's trading over $11. And I don't know if I should go ahead and take some profit now and see if there's another pullback or if this is a real breakthrough. I uh, love the show. Love your insights. Love everything I'm learning. I'm a investor. Thank you for this resource. Have a good day. Bye. Okay, so GE has broken out. And it's going to make $0.68 cents the next year, and it's $11.29 stock. Okay, at $0.68, cents, that means it's right around P.E. is right around the normal market P.E., but they're not growing. They're flat. But So it's probably a little bit pricey, but not too bad. And it broke out and above its old highs, which were on 1075 and now 11.29. So it probably will pull back. But you follow it up with a stop. You put some kind of stop, maybe 5% from the high or 10% from the high, and that's where you put a trigger to get out. Because you don't know, you don't know where the top is. Is it it's still is it it's still in an upward trend, so you kind of want to stay with it. So I especially after it broke out. So I would probably stay with it and put a trailing stop of 10% below the highest price. Okay, and it breaks below that 10%, get out. Or take half, or it depends on what kind of time frame you want to hold this thing. Was it a long-term buy or just a trade? If it's a trade, you get out. You put in a stop, and you get out when it hits it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have one goal here, just one. That's help you to achieve that financial freedom. We all want it. I want it. And of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions ready at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Next Invest Talk, Google is getting into banking with the search giant set to offer checking accounts next year. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here and he's ready for your questions. Call Steve 888 99 Chart. 
Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Andrew from Indiana. I've uh, been watching Chesapeake Energy Corp, CHK. Been watching it for a little while now. It just dipped to a 52-week low. It's got a peak around two. Just curious your thoughts. I was looking to get into it. Wondered if this would be a good time. It looks like it's been trending down for a few years. Hopefully it reverses track and uh, goes back up. Just curious what you guys' thoughts are. Appreciate the show, and I'll be listening on the podcast. Thanks a lot. So the problem with all this, the energy sector, is because we have an oversupply worldwide. Uh, and Chesapeake Energy is no different. Engaged in exploration, production of natural gas and crude oil properties in the United States. And we have plenty of that here. So this is why they're trending down. They're not making money this year. They won't make money next year. They've lost money. Uh, so I, I don't think it's time to get into it. Even though it's 70 cents a share, this is the kind of stock. It's a $1 billion company. This is the kind of stock you can take a little bit of your money and roll a dice because that's what you're doing. You you could be a big winner. Go back, it could go back up to two three dollars a share, and here's that seventy cents. That would be a two three hundred percent return, and you look like a genius, right? But what if it goes out of business? It's losing money. Still has positive cash flow, dollar thirty seven a share. So we're, you know, it's the bottom of the cycle here, but you know, there's going to be some companies that will go under, or it could be bought out by a bigger, bigger company. You never know. So, but their sales have been shrinking in three, two of the last three quarters. You know, so it's just a tough call. I wouldn't be a buyer because the fundamentals are too weak. So I would stay away from it. But if you wanted to take a risk of a very little piece of your money, just as a gamble, and I will approve of a gambling on one or two stocks out of your entire portfolio of 30 stocks, you know, where the bulk of them are big, solid companies. Okay, then you can do it. If you're doing it with, you know, all your money, that's crazy. You're, you're just gambling. You might as well go to Vegas, put it all on red and a roulette wheel, spin the wheel, and that's, that's what you're doing. But you can take a little risk every so often. Okay. Thank you for the call. Now, why you may not want to be overly bullish at this time. I know the market's broken out, and it definitely has, and that is usually a sign to get in and stay in. And you just because we're on a new bull leg. I don't know how long it's going to last. Now, why might you be a little cautious with this? Well, because we have low volume. When the stock market broke out of the resistance it had, it was breaking out on low volume. That's very scary. You like breakouts on high volume, meaning everybody's excited getting in. The relative strength indicator is overbought. So even though it broke up on high and low volume, it still is overbought, meaning it's probably likely time for it to come back down. Now, do we know that for sure? Of course, no, we don't. I'm just looking at the different indicators that are might be flashing a little bit of a, uh, a, a, you know, a red light. The third, the third worry for me on this is that the breakout was kind of weak. It's, you know, it, there wasn't much follow through today, this week, so far from, you know, the, the, and it's still up, but the follow through is weak. You know, there's, you know, that goes, that's in line with relative strength indicator that you're saying, well, wait a minute, it should be stronger than this. This, If it's a real breakout for a long period of time, it should be just going. Uh, 
and it's not. So you got a relative strength number that's, I don't know if you know how to read relative strength, but there's a 30-70 line. 30, if it's below 30, it's, it's oversold. If it's above 70, it's overbought, and it's right at 70.3 <laughs> on the S&P 500. So it's telling you that it's, right, it's overbought, and it's probably going to have a correction. Now, if it comes back down to the old highs it had before it broke down and bounces off of them, that's a double. That's a, that's a double. Uh, I think that will be a double indicator that the market's going higher. But it has to bounce off of those old highs it had. And we don't know if it's going to do that until it does it. So that's why I don't necessarily want you to be overly aggressive right now. Just don't be overly aggressive. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program. I will return here Friday. Why won't I be here tomorrow, Thursday, everybody? I should be here tomorrow. Okay. Um, anyways, this is. Uh, please tell your friends about the show, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Invest Talk. And, and if you do tell your friends, make sure and you do download our our uh, podcast. Make sure you you rate us on Spotify, iTunes, or Google. I appreciate that. And of course, I will be returning to San Jose December fifth. So if you want to meet with me, make an appointment. You can learn more at investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.